Hello and welcome back to Strange Stories with the Seeker and the Skeptic. I'm Brittany. I'm the Seeker. And I guess that makes me the skeptic. I'm Jonathan. Uh, today we have a conversation with Chris Bartholomew. She is a horror writer and anthologist who has over 100 credits under her belt. A uh, California native, she has lived across the United States and currently resides in northern Georgia. She's had many experiences that fit into the category of high strangeness. And she's Jonathan's mom. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for asking me. <laughs> uh, when you asked me to do this, then I had like couple of weeks to think about it and i've come up with so much stuff yeah so i'm like well i don't even know what to say that's okay so well tell us about like the beginning for you like what were some of the first experiences you had in your lifetime of weird paranormal unexplained things well, there, there was one the very i think the very first thing john and i were at a bus station and I was absolutely exhausted. And the buses kept coming, the Greyhound bus kept coming in, coming in and coming in, coming in. People would get on them and just jump in a seat. And John and I would be in the, the, on the bus, but not in the seat. And we'd have to leave because the seats were full. And I was just crying, just really, really upset. And this pilot came walking up to me. We went outside. A pilot now, I'm telling you, of an airplane came walking up to me and he said, stand right over here. And the next bus that come, you two get on it and you'll be the only ones. And so <laughs> we stood there and when the next bus came, we got on it and we were the only ones. Wow. And that was the, he, I turned around, he was gone. I mean, I could not find him. He, I watched him walk away a little ways and then he just disappeared. And this, this would have been you and, and Uncle John, your brother? No, you. Oh, well, was it? Was I a kid? Yes. <laughs> okay, gotcha. You, you were little, so okay. you, you couldn't do anything about it. But we were just so tired because we had been riding buses, and that guy came, and I watched him walk away, and he disappeared. And that was the first thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I always thought that was really cool because he really helped me a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I ended up not having to scream or anything. <laughs> that was rough, you know and then um i i was going to talk about my my brother chuck because mm -hmm. we were really 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 close i mean all growing up we were close and uh as a matter of fact when i got my own room he would trip over me because i would sleep right at his door so he would open his door to go to the bathroom or something they, they would just trip over me i just loved him to death and uh, he went to Sturgis in 2011 and had a motorcycle accident. I think he had a heart attack and he died. And uh, we were constantly would get back to the, the thing of, you know, well, you know, if I die, I'll get up with you. And, or, you know, there was no haunting <laughs> or anything. But he always said that he would he would let me know, I guess, because he was older than me. He figured he would die first or something. I don't know. But the day that he, the day after he died, I was with my grandson standing on the other side of a table here. 
And my grandson looked at me and said, who is that guy right there? And he pointed across the table and I said, um, <laughs> who? I don't see anybody. And he said, that guy right there, there's a funny face. And I said, well, it was a scary face. And I said, well, what's scary about his face? What kind of face is he making? And he said, he's smiling. And so I said, well, that's, that's probably Chuck. And he's probably smiling because he's never seen you. And now he, he sees you. Wow. So that, that was really cool to me. I didn't see him. But I know I've, I've had enough experience with all this stuff to know that whenever somebody is around or coming around or mm -hmm. has been there, when they leave, it's quiet. And you didn't even notice that there's a really loud noise the entire time they're there. There's a very loud noise. I don't know if you could call it static mm -hmm. or uh, it's just noise. But when they're gone, it's quiet. So I was <laughs> had my eyes closed one day, and this was probably, you know, maybe weeks, months later, had my eyes closed. And I was uh, looking, just, I could see light, like I was looking at the, from the bottom of a well and looking up through the water. Mm -hmm. And I saw somebody walk by up there, and I said, I see you. <laughs> Chuck's face went in the water and looked at me. Wow. Scared me to death. <laughs> that was scary. It was. But a little while after that, I heard motorcycle in the uh, driveway. I mean, I got up to look to see who it was. It was that real. I could hear it so loud, and there wasn't anybody there. So I know, you know, Chuck has. He has, he's been here. He's come to see me. And uh, one of my sons said that they, they had a dream that he was walking. And Chuck walked every, all the time. When we were little, I don't know, I think he was about 16 or 17. He hitchhiked across the United States. I mean, he loved it. Loved the walk. And I don't know if my other son had, had a premonition of He's up there somewhere or over there, wherever they go, walking. I just know that he's not dead. He, he has contacted me. I know he has. Mm -hmm. Do you think that, that those contacts were his way of saying, like, he's okay? Or what do you think that was? I think it was, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. And I told you I would show you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I really think. Because he never said anything to me but I know it's him. So yeah, I think it was just like, well, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting too, that your grandson saw him, you know, and they, they say often like children are more open, you know, yeah. so he would have been maybe four at that point, probably. Yeah. Cause, that... yeah, cause Chuck's been gone 12 years. Yeah. It yeah. was three or four. Three yeah. or four for sure. And, um, and just, just as a as a frame of reference for anybody listening to this, um, the the driveway going up to her house, you can't you can't hide around it. You know, if you if you like step on on that back porch, you can see a good amount. Like, there's like trees near and stuff, but it's it's not like a like a like a wooded path or anything. Like if there was so if there's somebody on a bike around and you're hearing that, you'd be able to see it. You'd be able to pinpoint that. Um, and also, you know, I mean, 
you've been around motorcycles most of my life. Uh, you, you you know what you're you know what you're hearing. You know what you're listening for. Um, and and it, it it's definitely you know not something not a situation where it would likely be something else. Like you know, you 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 know what you're hearing for sure. Yeah, yeah. And we were we were always the only one over here with motorcycle. So I mean that yeah, was gone. Point. So th that it had to be our driveway because they wouldn't know where else to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely it, it definitely dead ends there. So it's not it's not a pass through. So yeah. Yeah, and he loved motorcycles. He loved the thought of going to Sturgis. But I think it was just too hard of a ride for him from Idaho to uh, North Carolina. I mean, North Dakota. And he well, got really, really tired. I mean, he, he had survived him. so many things. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, he fell out of, you know, he was skydiving and his chute didn't open in the 80s, right? Yeah, he hit his head on the step. Wow. <laughs> he, was he, clumsy. That. <laughs> <laughs> he was clumsy, I got to say. <laughs> That was one of the things I loved about him, though. You know, he would just he would be walking and look up and hit his head on a pole. I mean, he would just not pay attention and he would just he's clumsy, but he was so cute and funny. <laughs> he's a really good guy. He really was. And he told his daughter that he would because he'd never ridden without a helmet at all, ever. When I was growing up, we all had motorcycles. He never rode without a helmet, but he did. When he got to Sturgis, everybody was going to the store. And he rode without his helmet. And he, they said that he slumped over like he had passed out. And then he did a wheelie and ran into the guy who, whose motorcycle he borrowed. And he just never came out of it. Wow. Yeah. It must have been really hard to lose him when you were so close. It really was, but not not as hard for me as it might have been had we not been so close because I knew he was okay. Mm -hmm. I absolutely knew he was okay. We both, growing up, and to this day, <laughs> have things where we almost die. And he, him too, the West Nile virus, and he had uh, colon cancer, and he fell out of that airplane and hit his head, and just so many things, you know, that he could have died over. And he didn't, and he had a really good life. He really, he loved life. He loved every single day he was alive. So, you know, I mean, you can't ask for more than that. Yeah, that's very true. You said that you've had a lot of near-death experiences, or you've had a near-death experience, and that other people in your family have had those. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, we used to, when the kids were little, and I don't know if you remember, John, but we used to count. You know, oh, okay, well, let's see. Chuck threw my pony in a in a pond that was very, very bad, and I was sick for days and days. I almost died from that. And then I went swimming in a polluted lake, almost died from that. And then I, I swam over, a, I swam the length, of, uh, the, the side of a lake. I swam across the lake the whole way. That was very tough. I'm not sure I really... I, I could have died doing that. <laughs> and I, I parachuted and then my chute blew up. And I didn't I, know that. Oh, yeah, it, it absolutely blew up. And I was afraid to cut away because at that time in Oregon, 
you had people who were sewing people's parachute shut, the secondary parachute, and uh, people were dying. Wow. And so then my, mine blew up because <laughs> you jump out of a plane and you're, on, you're out there on the step and you're hanging on to the strut, the wing, and you push off, right? Well, I was jumping out of the one for the very first time that had no step and I was just sitting in the doorway and I spun really, really, really fast, really, really, really bad. And that's how they die. The blood goes to your head and you just pass out and you're gone. And I, my jump master got to me when I, I had finally pulled the ripcord and I was okay. And I jumped with one of the biggest shoots they, they ever had. And so I felt, well, okay, it's going to hurt, but I can make it. And so I didn't cut away. So that was, that was bad. I got cussed out pretty bad for that one, but wow. I made it. Yeah. Hey, you're here. You're here today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Then I'm sure I'm missing some because I'm, I'm, I'm old and I'm forgetting a lot. <laughs> Wait until you're almost 70. Then you just say, oh, no. <laughs> she was well and it sounds like you've lived a lot of life in those years too had a lot of <laughs> really crazy experiences i really have yeah and i'm from california so anytime when i came south if anything really silly happened i'd say well i'm from, from california everybody go oh <laughs> that explains it all <laughs> it all makes sense now yeah, yeah we see yeah you said um, when Chuck passed that you, it was easier for you because you knew that he was okay. Tell me a little bit more about that. Like, what is kind of your beliefs of what happens after we're on this earth? Well, I just really, really, I know that this is not the end of it. I know that it's not. I did have a, a friend in church who was very, very sick. Years and years, well, it must be 30 years ago, 20 years ago. And uh, she was on her way out. She was going to die. And I told her, you know, well, I'm not going to let that happen. And even though I didn't go see her, you know, she kept hanging on. She kept telling her daughter, I don't understand. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand why I'm not passing because I'm really sick and I'm ready to go. Why am I not gone? And so everybody talked to everybody and they figured out it was me. And so I, I had to go tell her it was okay to go and she died. And then I had a cousin have a cousin. He's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cousin who has a, uh, had a, it wasn't his daughter. It was his wife's daughter. And she married somebody who was very, very, very sick. And he was ready to go. And he told them, he said, I, and I was writing to him. I wrote to him all the time and writing to him about his son and stuff. And what I believed, you know, happens. And they talked and talked and talked because he was like, I'm ready to go. I don't understand why I'm still here. Because he felt like he was being punished for something he'd done in his life because he couldn't die. He couldn't get out of his pain. And so they asked me to quit, you know, hoping that he would live and so he died yeah so i know you know <laughs> i'm not the only one here and there are people who are listening and people who are doing things to make this stuff happen and so you kind of have to 
I had to, you don't, but I did. I had to just realize that there's going to be times when stuff's going to happen. I don't want to happen, but it has to yeah. because I'm interfering, which, you know, it's not good. <laughs> it makes you feel bad, but that's, that's how I learned. I would just let, let people go. Yeah. It's a really I mean, hard thing to do. So yeah, going back, was that uh, the, the friend you're talking about? Uh, I, I think I remember who you're talking about. Was that Kay? Yes. Okay. She was, yeah, I, I never remember her her being ill. I, re I remember you being very affected by that. Um, she was, now she, did you meet her through Living Faith, the church yes. we went to when I was a little kid? Yeah, I did. There was a lot of interesting and strange things that happened in reference to that church for sure yeah i wasn't sure that you would remember that that is what i was i was talking the other day about the, the snake in the yard at the white house mm -hmm. or at the farm there was a snake that came out of a tree and i looked at the snake and it was it was up like it was going to strike and i said you're going to stay right there until i get somebody to kill you and i went in the house and got your dad and he came out and killed it, it was right there had not moved wow that's crazy. The power of intention. I mean, and what you were talking about too with uh with Kay of giving permission. I was, you know, up until last week a hospice social worker. And for a lot of our patients' families, we would have to tell them, like, you have to tell them it's okay. You have to give them that permission mm -hmm. because people do hang on, you know. So I think there's a lot of truth in what you're what you're sharing of sometimes even though that person might not be like conscious as they're passing away there's still like that deeper self that can be spoken to and you know give them the exactly. permission to let go yeah yeah that's exactly what I'm talking about my my grandmother she was almost 100 and mom my mom was leaving and the hospice nurse was in there and she told the hospice nurse I'm so worried about my daughter and she said, your daughter's going to be just fine. You go ahead and go. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and that day she had gotten her hair done, said she saw my granddad. Oh, so she, oh wow. So, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. So um, having these experiences with, with, um, with, you know, these people who have passed and people who are going to pass, has that, has that, um, has that shaped your views about how reality works at all like is that you know it changed how you feel about things in general it does it it really does and uh, you know <clears throat> i have always i don't know it, it, it's crazy seeing things like in a dark room see lights all around the room going here and there and seeing stuff i just know that we're not it this is not the end of it and uh you see it changes you in a way that you i mean i'm not careless i'm not gonna try to kill myself with anything or go out in front of a car but i'm not afraid either mm -hmm. you know i'm not afraid at all because yeah, i know this isn't the end yeah there's some comfort there yeah yeah that makes sense. I know that you are a writer or you had a lot of time writing in the past. Um, have any of your experiences kind of influenced your writing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, there's some people that I didn't like in some of my horror books, you betcha. <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I had really bad nightmares. I mean, absolutely horrible all my life. Started when I was younger and like a Ferris wheel that throws me out and just my my grandparents having monsters in their house are just horrible. When I started writing, that quit. Mm-hmm. I, I quit having the nightmares, and that's why I, I kept it up for such a long time because it would just like you know it's taking them away. It really was. So that was that was good. That's interesting. It's like a way of kind of processing through what your subconscious mind's trying to do at night, but you're yeah. able to do it during the day while you're writing. That's really interesting. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, therapeutic um, for sure. I might be starting writing pretty again pretty soon. <laughs> I think you should. For sure. I'm going to tell you a short version of a story about when I was a kid. Okay. And I want you to tell me whether or not you remember what I'm talking about and what you remember about that. And I'm going to preface it with this. Multiple times throughout my life, I have brought this up to you. And there are times that you've remembered what I'm talking about. And there are times that you have no idea what I'm talking about. And this is this is something that I've, I've seen from a lot of people through a lot of different, different things. So sometimes we remember the stuff and sometimes we don't remember the stuff. I think there's something about this type of experience that lends towards um, our, our brains not really wanting to imprint the memory in some way. Yeah, I can see that. You remember the first house we lived in in Lumberton, uh, the one before the one that we always called the White House. It was uh, like a story and a half tall. It was beside, uh, I think it was a, a Presbyterian church. Yes. And a massive, massive church with big stained glass windows. I'll never forget those windows. Yeah, it's kind of creepy looking church, but everything about that town is creepy looking. Yes. But, but yeah, and and I'll probably go go there in a minute because you know Brittany and I did go through Lumberton and stop, make a couple stops and see some things while we were there a couple months ago. And it was very weird. Um, but I spent first grade because, you know, when you're a kid, you kind of, you know, relate time and stuff to what, you know, where you are in school, you know? And so, yeah. you know, I spent first grade when we lived in that house and dad, I'm, I'm fairly certain was, was delivering pizzas at that point. Yes. This sound okay because he worked late. He worked nights a lot, and he got stuck on the night shift. And there was one night, and it was it was nighttime. It was dark. It was getting towards the end of the school year, and and I think that it was after seven p.m. And the only reason why it stuck in my mind because in first grade they were teaching us how to tell time with analog clock, and I got the digital clock really well. Analog clock for whatever reason was really hard for me. I'll never forget that. And you were concerned about something. And that, that, that house had a lot of weird things that happened in it. We always had very strange experiences there. So it's not surprising to me that there would be an experience in that house because we were, we were scared a lot in that place. It was strange. Yeah. Um, and you were kind of pacing around in a living room very upset and you looked at us it was me rick and ed and you know i was seven so they would have been two and a half and three or three and four somewhere in there 
They're well, about you know four and five years younger than me for the context of people listening. Um, and you're like, we have to get out of here. And I remember kind of vaguely thinking, because when you're seven, everything you think is vague, you know, you're a kid. <laughs> I remember kind of vaguely thinking, I don't know where we're going to go because dad's got the car. And you walked us out of the house. You got us dressed. You walked us out of the house and in the yard, flying, but not flying. It was like almost like almost as if it was suspended in the air. What I remember is a gigantic owl. And sometimes I remember having red eyes and sometimes I remember having green eyes, but it does change in my memory. And then I remember nothing. And then I remember us sitting on the couch in the living room of that house. And which was weird because you did not like the couch that we had. You, 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 I think you always kind of prefer chairs regardless, but that couch specifically, you never seemed to be particularly be a fan of. But you were you were on the right uh, on on one end of the couch, and then there was me, and then Rick, and then Ed, and so we were like kind of ranged in age order, and which was weird anyway because we were super hyperactive kids. We were you were always kind of chasing us around, being like, "What are you guys doing?" Um, so like for us to be sitting quietly, silently, would that was probably creepy in and of itself, but we kind of all looked around we were kind of bewildered and you said where did that hour go do you have any recollection of this whatsoever no no i believe it i believe it but i, I don't know I vaguely remember an owl but i don't remember saying anything like that i don't think uh-uh that's weird do you, do you remember specifically anything happening in that house when we lived there? No, I remember not liking it. <laughs> That's for sure. It was scary. You remember the creepy breakfast nook? Yeah. And yeah, oh yeah, yeah. And then you guys found some weird stuff in the attic. Oh, like a monster back scratcher or a cane or something. It was really weird. Dad wouldn't let you keep it. Do you remember that? Oh, the weird cane. Yeah, I do remember that. It looked, it looked, looking, thinking back, I, I feel like it was probably, it was probably hand carved. Yeah. And I think it was stained in a weird shade that you don't really see. Yeah. And I think it freaked Dad out. And not many things did that. He was, you know, I get my, and this is probably going to be a recurring thing for me. He, he kind of was the, you know, the firmly not believing in the paranormal guy, you know, he's oh, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> this is, this is silly stuff, but every once in a while, something would, I think that the things that were like, that he couldn't talk his way out of, I think they kind of scared him. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Well, I, I do wish I remembered that. Well, I mean, uh, over the years, there's been a few times I've asked you and a couple of times you've been like, yeah, that. I, I remember that. That was super weird. And then there's times that you've been like, what are you talking about? I don't, don't remember that at all. Yeah, apparently I lost that hour too. <laughs> <laughs> I really lost it. <laughs> and your brothers were probably too young to remember it, right? Oh, for sure. There's no yeah. way a three-year-old like, would, yeah. you know. I think I remember wanting to get out of there, but I just don't know what happened. Where'd we go? Yeah. 
what else was creepy about this house or just didn't you like about it well there was the i can't even say it palmetto bugs the german roaches that are huge they're like two inches long and they fly mm -hmm. i was terrified mm -hmm. i was absolutely terrified of those things i couldn't stand it <laughs> i forgot about those 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 were weird um, that i think that yeah. whole town had that problem you wiped those out of right out of your mind do you remember uh leland the little trailer we lived in i was terrified there too that was the worst place I have ever lived in. We, dad was making pizza at night. He would leave a gun for me. And I don't know about guns. I didn't know what to even do with it. So it was no help to me at all. People are something screaming in the woods and then running, running and screaming. I could hear all night long. As soon as I put you guys to bed, I could hear some kind of animal come under the uh, trailer and bump it. It was horrible. That was worse than any house we ever lived in. That, that, I would take a <clears throat> full of flying bugs rather than to have that again. And people from, from now, from then to now, say it was probably a banshee. It was, I've never heard such screaming in my life. It was horrible. Did it happen more I, than I once? Huh? Did it happen more than once? Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. Every single night, every night. It was horrible. I couldn't even go check on the boys. I was petrified. I couldn't move. That was a weird place anyway. I I remember and I was I, I would have been six at that point. That was that was a summer before some somewhere between kindergarten and in first grade for me we were not there for a particularly long period of time um and that 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 was in leland north carolina which is a little bit south of wilmington so it wasn't too far from where we ended up for a couple of years which was lumberton after that right. and i remember um you guys not really liking us being even out playing in front of the place because the neighbors would just stare at you yeah. they never said anything they never did anything they would just like hang out their window or their door and just staring oh, <laughs> and we we found out years later i don't know if you remember this we found out years later that about six or seven months after we left that place that entire this was a it was a mobile home park it was like you know like homes you live in um and that that whole mobile home park burned yeah like about, uh, about six months after we found out years later because we ended up moving back into that area and living very close to where that was, and there was this burned out shell of a of a trailer park, and we realized that that had been where we had lived. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> bad memories. <laughs> Thank you, John. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's what I'm here for. I'm here for the bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you think about everything. The good comes with the bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I was, I was petrified. Terrible. Yeah, when we went back through uh, Lumberton a couple of months ago, you just get into in the city limits and, and something feels off about the place. It's, it's very strange. 
And I wasn't going to say anything because I thought maybe it's because, you know, I grew up there and had some weird experiences and stuff, but Brittany felt that way too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when you guys told me when we were over there at that restaurant eating, I said, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I very, know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's a very heavy energy there. That's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, kind of like where I live now. Hmm. Yes. I don't know how things keep pulling us in. That's a strange place for sure. Yep. But yeah, I, I actually, actually tried to find where Living Faith had been, that church that y'all went to. And, and you, you, know, you never really realize this kind of stuff when you're in it, but Basically, the story of that place, at least in the 80s and 90s when we were going there, is dad got us into a cult. <laughs> because those people, I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to say that they worshiped that preacher, and I never felt like y'all did, but some of the people that we went to that church with were way, way heavy in with that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like if they if that guy had told them to do bad things, they would have done it. Yeah. And yeah, I felt that way as a kid. And there definitely were things that were said in that church that, you know, I would say I would think that doesn't look right. And I would look to you guys because I, you know, as you're you and you're a kid, you kind of take cues from your parents. And you guys will be looking at each other and just kind of be like shaking your head no. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And I think that's kind of when we kind of segued away from that place we were we were already living out and rolling at that point but yeah there there was there was there was weirdness there and i think that there's stuff that was happening that i was a little too young to really get what was going on well some of these places you're constantly doing something wrong because you're not you're in debt and you're constantly the preacher is like well you're doing something wrong then and that's what kind of place that was. And it, it's it's bondage. It's terrible. They definitely were a prosperity message yeah. church. Yeah. And I think those are always cults. Yeah. It's never just prosper. It's never just you will have money. It's always if you don't, you're doing something wrong. So you're constantly building your entire life trying to make up for something that you don't even know what you did. Yeah. You're supposed to guess. Yeah. <laughs> Because he never said what it was you were doing wrong. He just said, well, you're doing something wrong and you can't figure it out because you're just living. You're going to work, going to sleep, going to work, going to sleep. Mm-hmm. Not doing anything wrong. Right. But, well, you, you don't have any money, so I guess you are. Right. It has to be your mm-hmm. fault. Yeah. Yeah. And God didn't make anybody rich. Or whoever. I mean, you know, everybody's just not. Right. I don't know. Gee, life has been something, though, I tell you. (laughs) We've known some interesting people. You you definitely have known some interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them have been family. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One thing really does come to mind, and it really blew everybody's mind, even you, John. Dad was reading from the Bible, and he said, oh, listen to this. It was in Leviticus which I've never read, not ever. And he came to, to a verse and I said it. 
And he looked at me, he said, how did you, how, what, how did you, I didn't say that. And I said, well, is it right? And he said, yeah, it's right. I heard it. I heard that verse and said it. Wow. So I thought that was pretty weird that, you know, cause he was like, you don't read this. No, still have never read Leviticus. Right. Well, why, why would you? There's a, that's a, it's a weird one for sure. <laughs> that, that's where all the, that's where all the stuff where they're trying to get you to stop doing things that are interesting, you know? Where do you think that message came from? I honestly do not know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I, I never could figure that out. I know I heard a voice and right. obviously somebody told me something because he didn't say that. You know, my husband didn't, but I don't know. That's really weird. Did Somebody sound, was listening. <laughs> did it sound like a different voice or did it sound like your kind of internal voice? No, it was a man. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and that's never happened since. So don't mm-hmm. happen now. It's okay. I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A one time here. Let me uh, yeah. <laughs> just tell you exactly what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm glad you guys are doing this. This is really interesting. I'll be interested to hear everybody's stuff because it's, you know, it, it brings stuff out in you. It... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're really looking forward to, to talking to people about this stuff. And uh, the, the people we've got lined up um, are, are have vastly different experiences. And I think some of them are going to have experiences that contradict each other. And that's completely fine because I yeah. think that uh, people, people things happen to people and they experience things or they see things or they do things that cause things to happen and that's so true and we there's can sit no down more. yeah yeah um there, there there's there there's an idea out there that all the things that people have experienced even if they are uh, like kind of telling opposite types of stories are all kind of an integrated part of the way the planet Earth works, uh, almost like there's a maybe like a an artificial intelligence is, is recycling different, uh, almost computer programs that we're able to see and sometimes interact with and sometimes experience, and it all comes from the same source. What that source is, we have we don't have the sensory equipment to to really get, but. Yeah. You know that just because somebody sees, you know, what they consider to be a you know a, a UFO of some kind on Tuesday, and then on Thursday somebody sees the Mothman, you know, six miles down the road, those things don't cancel each other out. They're, both of those people are having absolutely. that experience. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Can I tell you one more thing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay because this is really strange and I don't understand this at all. If you can figure it out, you can tell me. Well, when I, about three or four weeks ago, this started happening to me. When I lay down and go to sleep. So I close my eyes. When I open my eyes, I see my bedroom wall come up. Like it wasn't there. But when I open my eyes, here it comes. And it just kept happening that way. And I, okay, you know, whatever. I mean, I didn't get upset or anything. I just closed my eyes and opened them again. (laughs) And the same thing happened. And then, 
the other day I was sitting up those times were all when I'm laying down sitting up closed my eyes and when I opened my eyes the room wall came from the side hmm. and that's not the weirdest thing like it was loading yeah like okay well it's not really there but I'm going to put it there because you're up wow. like people say hmm, I wonder if that was really there when I wasn't or when I was asleep does everything disappear right. well kind of feels like it <laughs> that's I thought that was really strange a glitch in the matrix <laughs> yeah something. yeah good yeah. stuff yeah. here's a question I, I, said, I see what you're doing <laughs> right yeah 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 here's a question <laughs> i've always wanted to ask you because I, I know that like in the 70s or whenever i know that there were some times that you smoked some weed and you drank a little bit you've told me yeah. that have you have you ever had any psychedelic experiences? Did you, did you ever do mushrooms or LSD or anything? No, no. But <laughs> I watched a documentary where the the they did the LSD on the soldiers, right? And they showed you what they looked like when they closed their eyes. They would see it was like a mood ring, different colors and different different shapes and stuff moving around in your eyes. Mm-hmm. I have that. But I never did any drug, any hard drugs or anything. Okay. But that happens to me. That often. happens to me too a lot. Um, I don't know if you know this about me, Chris, but I'm a Reiki practitioner. So like when I'm working with Reiki energy and like when my eyes are closed, I can see like swirling color patterns and it like it's to me, I think it's like energy moving. Does that sound so kind of yeah at times when that happens is when i would see the lights like you know fly all over the room oh okay happen that's that's strange huh awesome the lights (laughs) flying or were they kind of like orbs yeah yeah and maybe you know it started out one or two and then there'd be a bunch of them just all over the room and my eyes are open and i'm looking at these things and they're just all over the place yeah well you definitely sound like you're kind of a magnet for the strange (laughs) and unexplained (laughs) and I think I mean I don't know why but I feel like some people are just like that like your your energy attracts it (laughs) yeah that's funny okay I'll take that yeah (laughs) I believe that yes I do Well, I don't, I don't know if this still happens to you, but I remember when I was a kid, there were times when, I mean, for whatever reason, strange people are also attracted to you. There are times when, when I was a kid that you would just be, we would just be at the grocery store and you're just trying to shop and some stranger would come up to you and just like, almost like confess things. And it was, <laughs> it was happened multiple times throughout my childhood where we'd be just walk, wandering around through the food line and some lady would walk up to you and be like, I pinched my husband in his sleep last night or something, you know, something along those lines. And you would be like, well, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> and, now, and they would just wander away. Yeah. Yeah. It does still happen. But no one has ever told me that, John, that they pinched their husband. No. <laughs> I mean, that's a, 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 an example out of the, the, the back of my head, but like the, the definitely the, the context of, of, of strangers telling you things that that don't make sense was definitely yeah. a theme of my you know my 
preteen years. Yeah, and we would be in the store before the other two were born, and I would have you in the basket. And older people would come up and they would hold your arm and say, do you have any idea how blessed you are to me for having you? Did you know that? No, but that explains why I'm afraid of old people. <laughs> it probably confused the crap out of me as a little little baby. He'd be like, why is this old person tugging on my arm? What's happening here? <laughs> Wrinkles are terrifying. I'm two. Where's Spider-Man? <laughs> You're funny. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> True story though. Yeah. It's been really interesting. It really has. I didn't know if I could fill up any time at all because you just don't know. But I always, you know, I did this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have great stories. Um thank you very much for having me. This is cool. Well, thank you so much for being with us. This was very fun. It was a good conversation. A lot of interesting stories. Um, yeah, and I definitely look forward to talking more with you about this stuff. Awesome. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. Love you guys. (laughs) We love you too. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here. If you have a strange story you want to share with us, email us at seekerandskeptic at gmail.com. We look forward to talking to you soon.